listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome back to Grave Discussions. I am your host, Barnabas. And I am your co-host, Samael. Welcome to episode number 42, 2018, The Year's Top Screams. Oh yeah, this is our very last episode of 2018. Yes, and you know, we're at 42 weeks in a row. We're at the beginning of 2019. Mm -hmm. When do we start this, 2017? No, earlier this year. Was it earlier yeah. this year? It, fe- it feels, feels like it's longer, been going yeah. longer, yeah. How many weeks in a year? I'm a dumbass. I don't know these things. I, I don't... Dude. 55? I, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I think it's like 52 or something. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, we've been almost been doing it for that long. We're 10, 10 weeks short of a year. Yeah, March will officially be be like our one-year anniversary. So that's... uh No that, homo. <laughs> <laughs> so... Well, a little... No, I'm just kidding, but... Uh, Whoa. <laughs> we're going to be... Uh, a year old yeah it's, it's crazy so wow. i mean i'm thankful if we're doing that you know for for starting the podcast this year because it's been a lot of fun and i love discussing horror like any chance i get yeah I'll, I'll, that's pretty much the only thing i'll talk about besides like video games and yeah you know swimsuit models the female ones of course <laughs> and that's yeah. about it yeah i don't have many interests i am a man i'm very simple yeah simple to understand simple to please Unless your name is Hellfest. I just gave a spoiler alert of what I think of that movie. Oh, man. What a scathing review. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm giving it to. Yeah. And that's all That's all, That's all. all the mind you should give that movie as well. All right. We'll talk about that in detail since I managed to watch that one. Yeah. So uh, this episode is going to be kind of special because we're basically wrapping up 2018. And we have to give you guys our top films of the year so we're gonna each have a top 10 list and we're gonna talk about why we picked each film what we liked about it etc so also if we haven't seen it that's why it's not on our list doy mm-hmm. or we just didn't feel like it was good enough for top 10 obviously yeah so uh we'll see i mean i think our lists are gonna be a little different with with some similarities oh yeah but uh we're gonna get into that a little bit later first we have to give a shout out of course to sports radio detroit who really made um, our entire year happen in the first place for hosting us. It all started at a Starbucks. It did, yeah. <laughs> yep, Starbucks and, and uh, Dearborn Heights, yep. I think. So, yeah. Thank you, Sports Radio Detroit. Uh, if you want to go support those guys, check out all their other awesome shows. Uh, you can do so on all their social media. And you can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's SRD, Sports Radio Detroit, and you know, they're the one and only, like I say every week, not Detroit Sports Radio. Correct. Sports Radio Detroit. There's a, there's a key difference there. It's the word placement. It is, yeah. The English language is confusing, I know, to many of yeah, you. Yeah, like, like how they have Final Destination yeah. and then The Final Destination, even though that one's like the fourth one. Yeah, but they're two different movies. Yeah, but who's going to know in like 50 years? You're going to be like, oh, yeah. so did, why didn't they just call that number four? Because we like to overcomplicate things. <laughs> We do that everywhere. We have to. Yeah. So go check out Sports Radio Detroit. They're fucking awesome. 
uh, we want to start you guys off with the news as always before we get into our lists. It's been kind of slow. The holidays just happened. Uh, so not a lot of people were working, obviously. How was your, uh, how was your holiday? Uh, mine's was good. Went to a friend's house. Uh, she made us all dinner. We ate eggs. And then, uh, I got, I got, uh, you know, I had myself some Christmas trees. Ha ha ha. What about you? Uh, mine was pretty good. I just kind of spent a little time with the family and mostly I was just catching up on, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 and like. 2018 horror movies so it was pretty good yeah like christmas night that's what i was doing i was just watching some uh some shit yeah i was trying to watch gremlins but no like service had it and except for rent and i, I wasn't really? about to rent it yeah <laughs> i had the movie i was just too lazy to go to the other room and get it for real <laughs> yeah for real it was like yeah. 11 at night I, was like, I mean all my dvds and shit are in my garage so yeah yeah that's even i wouldn't want to do that but anyway I'm glad that we both had a pretty good holiday. I had a nice break from work. I just got back today, so that was nice. But yeah, I hope that you guys all had an excellent holiday as well. Uh, you know, let, let us know what you did, if you watched any cool new movies, whatever. But let's get right into the news. Unfortunately, we started last week off with a, uh, a death in the news, and it's the same thing this week. Damn. Yeah. We got, we, at least we got to just get these out of the way before 2019. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know, man. I thought 2018 was going to be like, you know, it's going to show some mercy and it really didn't. Yeah, it's still not showing mercy. Yeah. So Donald Moffat, who uh, played the commander in John Carpenter's The Thing, unfortunately has passed away. Uh, he played M.T. Gary in the film. Um, he had a very famous scene during the, the blood testing uh, where I, I believe he, you know, was was sh- proven to be the thing, and it was great. Unfortunately, he passed away. He was 87 years old. Damn, I wish, I hope I can make it to 87. Yeah. Maybe not that old. Dude. Because Nicholas Rogue was like 75, I think, when we talked about him last week. Something like that. 87 is crazy, dude. Yeah, it really is. I mean, and, it, you know, you can see this picture on the article, too. I mean, he he looked old even back in, like, the 80s you know oh yeah <laughs> when when the thing came out so that's crazy but rest in peace to him uh he was great he was in a bunch of other movies like logan's run the right stuff trapped in paradise uh and he was even nominated for a best actor uh twice so yeah r.i.p to him uh very unfortunate i will definitely be watching the thing to celebrate his role in that movie i gotta watch it again yeah for sure i mean i'm just gonna buy the blu-ray uh, the Blu-ray is awesome. Yeah, there's a really cool steel book out there too. Oh, is there? Yeah, I like the steel books a lot better. Yeah, I feel like I got more of a collectible with my money. Exactly. So I like buying them as well. But uh, let's move on. Uh, R.I.P. to to Donald Moffat. We're gonna be talking about Alien right now. Okay. Oh, shit, what's going on with Alien? More specifically, actually, I think we discussed this uh, briefly in a previous episode, but there were rumors going on about an extended or expanded alien universe next year hopefully it's not another fucking cloverfield movie yeah i hope not (laughs) imagine if they're they're just pulling our nuts with this and there's the cloverfield (laughs) requiem and they just hit us with some bullshit (laughs) or like alien versus predator versus i don't know pennywise the clown or some they're gonna have i hope it's they need to start taking things in like it doesn't even have to be in any certain direction just stop Mm -hmm. taking everything in the same fucking direction now all there is is 
people are just stacking these universes and they're just remaking a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. It's just too much right now. Like, well, th- this might be kind of a positive because... I just hope I, it's not another Cloverfield. It's all no, no, no. Or like fucking... Well, Alien, I don't think really has anything to do with Cloverfield. Well, yeah. But I, I, I know. know. I you know what I mean? Like, well, there was Alien Covenant, which was the very last movie that came out. I'm just hoping, like I said, like it's not some like Prometheus shit. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that type of addition yeah. to like the universe. No, I agree. Because I hope it's like xenomorphs. Like yeah, Prometheus did not have anything to do with the xenomorphs, really. Alien Covenant was the follow up to Prometheus, and it did have a lot of that stuff. And yeah, I don't really want to see that either. I want yeah. it to go back to like Alien and Aliens. You know, I want. Like that I, I, you know what? You know where it like. Uh, we we just need to like. I think we need to like just reboot Alien. Like not the same thing. Don't have the fucking same idea and remake mm-hmm. it. Don't uh, just call it Alien. Uh, sure, Alien Requiem, and then uh, <laughs> make it like just like just as if it's like the first movie in the series, just mm-hmm. like Alien was. Except make this 2018, not a remake, but a reinvention. Just yeah. nothing that has to do with fucking Ripley or anything. Like, well. So here's what might be going on because they, they, they were rumored to be expanding the universe recently. I think six days ago, actually, there's an Instagram uh, profile, which is called Alien Anthology, and they posted a bunch of like new images and stuff. And the you know what the cool thing is? If you've played Alien Isolation, which I know you started this. I saw the Xenomorph finally. Oh, nice. His tail was under my legs. Yeah, just wait until it starts hunting you. It's terrifying. But anyway, nice. it is kind of related because in the hashtags of these images, it says uh, it's hashtagged Amanda Ripley, oh, shit. which is the protagonist of Alien Isolation. So it is possible that we might see either a TV show or a movie involving Amanda Ripley. I'd rather get the TV show, honestly. I'm yeah. so sick of movies. Like, I, dude, like... I, once remakes started being made, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was okay. And all these additions to the universes were like like the Rob Zombies Halloween to Halloween. And then we had the Jason remake. And then they left Jason alone. And then we had the Freddy remake. Yeah. And it's it's just, it's just I don't, I don't know anymore. I mean, it does kind of depend on the property. Because I feel like for TV shows, it does let you do more character development and exactly, more story like, and stuff. But there are certain things I'd rather just see in two hours versus like 10 hours. Oh yeah, I got you. Then it kind of like really drags on, but I like, like, like scream, for example, Mm -hmm. when they, I know it came out in 2011 scream Four, but once, once the scream TV series came out, like Mm -hmm. I just felt like just involved with Emma Duvall as I did with like Sidney Prescott. Mm -hmm. And that's because like, I feel like a TV show is better at like, just keeping you interested because like it always ends on a fucking cliffhanger too like especially with these horror tv shows mm. and like like azure is evil dead for example like i would i would rather watch more of that than see a new evil dead movie like you know what i mean yeah it well, feels, it feels fresher like the, like now they're making the chucky tv show yeah i'm looking forward to that i'm not looking forward to the new chucky movie the remake yeah i'm looking to the continuation of the original storyline with this tv show you know what i mean like, yeah I don't know. They're just more interesting. I feel there's more elements they could add because it's just dragging across for like 12 episodes at a time. So Mm -hmm. they could kind of like, they could even add so much filler in it. You wouldn't even fucking notice. Cause I don't know if you noticed, but scream TV show had a lot of fucking just filler shit. Like the romance between Jake and like that blonde bimbo, like the the mayor's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a lot of like kind of useless stuff for someone to just be killed off. And then they just end the season. Like, all right, screams not about these people anymore. Yeah. 
I don't know, but I definitely thought that the mystery of the Scream TV show, maybe not as good as the first movie, but definitely still like really good. Probably maybe more so than the other films. Yeah. Because it, it you know, stretched out over a course of like whatever, 10 episodes or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, to- I totally understand. I think a TV show of Alien would be cool. I mean, the game, if they basically base it off the game, it could totally be a TV show because the so. game's pretty long, you know, and there's a lot in the game. So, uh, I guess we'll see what happens right now. It's just a teaser and I kind of hate putting this like presumptory, like, you know, kind of stuff out there, but it's been, it's been slow. Yeah. <laughs> but like there's, I've been on like bloody disgusting. There hasn't been a lot of, yeah, a lot of shit, <laughs> but the, but the Amanda Ripley thing is kind of exciting to me. So uh, I expect we'll see more in, you know, 2019, hopefully early 2019 about this. We'll see. But uh, the next thing that's up again is kind of like a, a speculative thing, but uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street, which has been—I uh, read this earlier today—supposed to have been rebooted, basically for three years now. Bloody disgusting. Spoke with someone from New Line Cinema, and essentially they said that their main priority right now is the Conjuring universe, which makes a lot of sense because it's their money-making machine. Oh yeah, and their last Conjuring installation wasn't really great Mm -hmm. so they should kind of focus on like picking it back up after the nun you know what i mean i mean especially well considering in in terms of freddy or nightmare on elm street rather compare the last insidious to the last nightmare on elm street oh man the last insidious looks like a masterpiece compared to nightmare on elm street yeah or or the conjuring i mean rather oh yeah yeah so either way either way either one like (laughs) insidious last key is like way better than the new nightmare on elm street dude the nightmare remake was so bad yeah freddy looked like a fucking iguana like, like <laughs> a burnt iguana in the face yeah and i don't i just don't think that jackie or haley fit the part because they really needed like a tall lanky guy like robert england yeah and instead they picked a stocky short guy to play him and the face makeup was trash so yeah the face makeup was i don't know his face just wasn't freddy like i said it was yeah I almost b- believe that he was a pedophile. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, if they had a scarier Freddy, someone that actually could like move like Freddy does and was, was kind of like tall and skinny. I could play Freddy. Yeah, you could. I'm serious. Yeah, I could really play it. Freddy. Yeah. I just need, they just need to change my voice with the little, yeah. I, can, I can't talk like Robert England. <laughs> I, I think they should just get Robert England to like go into the studio and just record like, I don't know, 50 hours worth of, freddy krueger lines yeah and then when he dies they just have them all and then they could just write a whole movie around just them. cgi him into all the movies or that like yeah. they did to fucking paul walker in the fucking fast and oh, that was that was bad honestly <laughs> but yeah something like that anyway uh apparently the new nightmare is still in the works but they're we're not sure uh when it's going to be made hopefully soon they're talking about a reboot again which makes sense after the last movie oh my but god you know who they could get to fucking play freddy mm. uh david howard thornton the terrifier oh, yeah. clown they could dude mm-hmm. yeah i wanted I, to see him play joker too that would have been crazy that would be really he's cool. really good yeah and he, he's 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 a really, really cool guy as well he really we talked is. to him uh, actually talks Instagram. back to you like yeah. he followed me he follows me on instagram and on facebook yeah. yeah he's very passionate so i mean hey let's fucking petition to get him <laughs> to at least audition for freddy krueger i'm gonna talk to him about it i'm oh, gonna yeah. message him be like yo have you thought about auditioning for freddy krueger yeah hey dude if he does it he'll be like 
Thanks, Barnabas and Samuel. <laughs> I'll be like, dude, I just wanted to see a good Freddy movie. I don't care. Like, you know. Yeah, same. I, I miss it because, you know, uh, I, I could go on about it for a long time because it does have a special place in my heart. But yeah, I just wish that we could see like a good Freddy movie again because the last good one was in 1993, 94 with Hold uh, on. New Nightmare. They get, they get, I'm about to message him right now, but I'm about to speak it so everyone can hear us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, I heard they're rebooting Nightmare on Elm Street. You should totally audition for the role of Freddy Krueger. Oh yeah, we'll let you know. We'll let you guys know what he says. Oh, I sent him a voice message. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, now he's gonna be like, "Wow, this guy's weird." Why do you think he recorded your voice? <laughs> hey, maybe maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll reply more positively to that. Like, "Wow, they really took the time to send a, a, a voice message." I don't know. I don't know. Maybe or he'll think we're fucking creepers. He'll be like, "Weird." I played a killer clown, and you guys are freaking me out. Like, there's probably fans that are like way more committed than us i mean there are people who have like art the clown tattoos and shit yeah yeah die hard fans oh yeah like die very hard fans oh yeah so we'll keep you guys posted if there's anything more on the nightmare on elm street front but i don't expect that we'll really be hearing a lot about it at least not yet so next up we have a single trailer for you guys because there really wasn't anything else that came out but this is a, a very good trailer in my opinion so, this is Jordan Peele's Us. Oh my god, I wa- dude, I saw the trailer last night. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. I know. Holy shit, dude. And this dude's about to remake Candyman. Jordan Peele is the fucking man. Bro. He really is. They need to take him and put him on Friday the 13th. Let him remake Jason and yeah. remake Freddy. Dude, this guy's a fucking genius. I thought he was just like good at comedy, but like after Get Out and now seeing this... Mm. honestly bro key and peel is really genius comedy so I'm, i mean it is and he's a, he's a horror like diehard fan so dude, i'm so happy he is because like he's a fucking great yeah. director dude yeah honestly i think so too and you know there are a lot of people out there talking about uh, get out and how it was terrible and how stupid. it was like they're fucking uh, attacking whitey and all this kind of shit Honestly, Jordan Peele made a great fucking movie, and I think that you all are just jealous that he made a good ass movie. And Dude, you can't. like, come on, bro. Even when like they were like, "Oh, LeBron wants to produce Friday the Thirteenth," people were like, "Nope, nope." Why? Yeah. Uh, it's because he's black, bro. That's why people are being fucking. Like, oh, he's a basketball player. What is he? Like, you know what? It doesn't really Dude, matter because some- if you're a horror fan and you have creativity, you can make. A movie. Dude, let's say you're a lawyer. A lawyer can't be like obsessed with horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like, of course they can, but now a basketball player can't. A comedian can't make horror movies. I don't know if I would trust a lawyer's money, though. I would. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, so, uh, us. Okay, the trailer is absolutely insane. The only thing about the trailer, while I really they like it... They shouldn't have told a twist. They they did show a little too much, I think. They shouldn't yeah. have showed that twist. When they were like, oh, it's us, like... I mean, yeah. I guess the fucking title well, of the there's there's been a lot more stuff like about doppelgangers that's even written in the article. So I think he wants people to know because he actually like told people like what the actual creatures are, at least their name. He didn't say like what they are, but he said they're called the tethered. So that to me implies that somehow these creatures and these people are like linked together. I don't know how, but you know somehow so it it still like leads to tons of questions but the movie looks absolutely like batshit crazy yeah i don't know i really want to see that and I, we gotta wait till 2019 well it's not that dude this is actually all around our our uh one year anniversary 
It's March 15th coming out. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's going to be... Our 2019 anniversary episode, our one year, we should do... We're going to do the review of Us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we got to do, like... Let's try to find an old movie that's kind of similar to it. Yeah. Actually, there was a cool thing I read where apparently Jordan Peele gave his main actors, like, 10 horror movies that they had to watch in order to prepare for the role. Oh, really? Yeah. So, it's out there. I can't find it right now, but... But uh, it is out there, and it's got uh, movies like Let the Right One In, A Tale of Two Sisters, The Birds, and a bunch of other really good horror movies on there. And most of them are like psychological horror. So this is definitely going to be another psychological horror, but it looks more uh, action-packed, kind of. So, I'm, dude, I'm really excited for this movie. Yeah, dude, I, I don't know. I just want to... F- I just don't... I just hope they don't tell us, like, any more what those things are. Mm-hmm. And we just... I hope there's... It's a Jordan Peele movie, so there's going to be a fuck ton of suspense. Yeah. And I, I think this is going to be done well. This is going to be another, like, like a big movie like Get Out. I think... I think so. I think just he he's just talented, bro. And he doesn't come up with, like, stupid movies like Hellfest. Yeah. Sorry, there we go again. It's just slipping out all fucking... Thing. Yeah, that's like uh, today's Halloween. It's just fuck Hellfest. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm probably not going to now. Man, like, to think it would... All right, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Let's just continue on. Well, I mean, should, this, this should, movie is not in your top 10 horror movies of the year, or is it? Which movie? Hellfest. Because I think that that's a pretty good lead It's up. number 22. Okay. And right, you know what's right before that? Mm. The piece of shit known as American Fright Fest. <laughs> the one I told you. Yeah, you told me. I'm glad we didn't watch it now, because... Just so you guys know, I, I watched 24 horror movies this year. In my very last one, I'll... Spoiler alert, it's Slender Man. Oh, yeah. And then 23 is Open House. <laughs> yeah, that's that's near uh, the bottom of mine, too. Tao is like... Tao and Cam are at the bottom for me, too. Yeah. Along with, like, The yeah. Nun. So, apparently, it is time for our top 10 horror movie lists uh, of the of the year 2018. Let's give them a little bonus. Let's, let's give them first our five honorable mentions. We'll just swing through them. That'll be the 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Just, okay. just, we'll just list them. Sure. So honorable mentions for me are The Strangers Pray at Night, mm-hmm. Pie Wacket, Winchester, uh, You Might Be the Killer, and Why Hide. So was that from 15 to 11? That was 11 to 15 for some reason I did that. Okay, so... It doesn't matter because they're not in the <laughs> yeah, top Yeah, whatever. But uh, okay, that's uh, that's interesting. Let me uh, pull up mine here real quick. I mean, why, why Hide is that one movie I was telling you about, Christmas Presents. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah. That was number 11 on your list? Oh, no, that was 15. Okay, I was really confused by how Okay, you were 15 is Why Hide. <laughs> okay. 14 is You Might Be the Killer. 13 is Winchester. 12 is Pie Wacket. And 11 is The Strangers. Okay. Honestly, yeah, I think The Strangers uh, was, was quite good. Uh, it did not make my top 15, I don't think. But, yeah, we're, we're going to, um, once I give my uh, honorable mentions, we're just going to go through both of our lists um, and I was thinking we just go like, you know, number 10, number 10 yeah. and explain why. Okay. I'm down for that. That sounds okay, good. Cool. So my, uh, my honorable mentions are at number 15, a quiet place at 14, apostle at 13, ghost stories at 12, the ritual and at number 11, terrified. Okay. And, um, but I, however, you watched how many 24 movies? Mm-hmm. I watched exactly double that. Holy shit! On my list, I may have missed one or two, but 
yeah um i tried to watch a good chunk of them um i definitely missed quite a few some notable ones that i did not watch this year included uh cargo the clove hitch killer uh marrowbone lutz overlord actually and then uh hellfest hellfest i didn't watch so there are quite a few that i didn't watch but i i think i touched on most of the uh on most of the notable horror movies of the year so all right we're gonna get into it before we do this uh though we're gonna give just a real quick shout out to some of the other cool shows on the sports radio detroit network hi this is chris and this is roger and if you like tigers baseball major league baseball minor league baseball analytics pop culture references movies sports food check us out look for tigers srd on itunes google play or spotify Do you love pop culture? Discussions about pop culture? Ranking and rating treasured pieces of that shared culture against each other? I, ju- I mean, I do think Flea's a good bass player. He does what he does very well. And like I said, he's he's a he's like a rock star, you know? He's eccentric. What is so funny? What I just didn't like? know he talked so long about Flea. I, d- I didn't know anybody had I mean, so many just, feelings. I do. So many I feelings. I got feelings. <laughs> yeah. Music, movies, television, food, sports, pro wrestling... We are the determination of what is over or underrated across all fields of greater cultural consumption. Subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts and Podbean or visit us at sportsradiodetroit.com. Over under fair, your final word in pop culture relevance. All right. So don't forget, we have a bunch of social media and I would love to see your guys's top 10 horror. So shoot them our way. You know, we'll love we'd love to talk about them. Uh, cause I, I like this kind of stuff like ranking and stuff. Oh yeah. So, uh, let us know what your guys' top 10 films are. So let's just get right into it. Number 10. Would you like the honors of going first or? Yes, sir. I guess I will. At number 10, we have the two hour and 32 minute movie Suspiria. So going into this movie, I didn't, I went into it open-minded. I was not thinking of the original at all. And as soon as you get into the movie theater and start watching this movie, it became really apparent for me. Cinematography was different. This movie seemed bigger Mm -hmm. than the original. Like, that's how the cinematography made it. It took itself, like, 100% seriously. And when crazy shit would happen, it happened. But it had moments that dragged on. And that really killed the experience for me because I really had to piss, but I really couldn't miss any of the movie. So that's why this is at number 10. This is a movie you watch at home. It's a fun theater experience. Like, uh, movies like this, like... For me, movies that had a similar feel to this were like, let me, what's a good one? Like Woman in Black, like because mm-hmm. of the cinematography that made the movie seem like super, like a lot bigger than it yeah. actually was. But yeah, this was number 10 because it dragged on and I, I needed to piss and I couldn't <laughs> piss and my bladder was hurting. And yeah, that's a valid criticism, I think. Way so. too long. <laughs> it was very long. Yeah. Uh, there, uh, there are only a couple of movies on my list even that are that long, but my number 10 is annihilation now i did have this movie initially ranked a little bit higher and then i kind of thought about it and i thought you know it was a good movie but the horror elements were kind of few and far between i mean once they get into uh zone x or whatever it was called there are quite a few horror elements but it's this really it's this amalgamation of this like this really original storyline but it's got horror elements and it's got sci-fi elements it's got drama elements it's got romance elements it's 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 a lot you know and i felt like there were more movies that were 
just more like raw horror movies. This is the movie we were initially supposed to go watch, but then we went to go see Winchester, remember? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I, I kind of regret going to see Winchester because I thought this movie was great. If you're not familiar with it, it's based off of a novel and it it concerns this um, scientist who is recruited to study this really strange supernatural or possibly natural phenomenon called I think it's zone X and essentially it's just this like weird dome where everything inside it, just like the laws of nature are, are different. You know, it causes all these like weird mutations and everything. So this group goes in to try to retrieve another group that never came back. One of those kind that of always things, goes well. Right. And uh, a lot of crazy shit happens, but it, it was a very creative film Apparently they left a lot of stuff out from the book, but that's how it goes sometimes. But it was still a really good film. Natalie Portman was uh, great. Jennifer Jason Lee, who uh, is the mom in Atypical, she was uh, the quintessential bitch in this movie as as usually she is. Pretty usual, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, it was an awesome movie. Gorgeous film, bro. Yeah, very beautiful cinematography, beautiful visuals, um, and. I thought the acting and everything was good, so, but it's at my number ten just because I feel like there were better, like, pure horror films out there. I get you, yeah, yeah. So number nine. All right, number nine. I have a quiet place. So, I love the acting in this film. Uh, I put it at number nine because although it was a good movie, uh, the first <laughs> few minutes or very long minutes where it's just quietness mm-hmm. got really annoying after like the first three minutes uh also like the i felt like this movie was missing a lot of horror elements sure it had like the suspense when the mom was hiding in the bathtub or when someone would step on something and make a loud noise and they'd wait for those things to like show up sure it's suspenseful but like nothing to me about like the cinematography helped the movie do that and for me like the suspense for me comes in the lighting and cinematography like in insidious and the conjuring and mm-hmm. all that stuff like all those paranormal movies i know this one was about aliens but this was still missing like that dark element i know it's it's a it's hopeless because it's at the end of the fucking world of course yeah but i just felt like this movie just it's at number nine because flat out it just wasn't scary that's fair it wasn't scary. Let's let's think about it, right? Quiet place. Remember yeah. with the aliens and the dad yeah. sacrifice? <laughs> yeah. wasn't scary, right? No, I don't really think exactly. so. Yeah. There, there were a couple pretty tense moments, like in the basement initially. With, exactly. There where was it was flooding and stuff. But yeah, it tense, wasn't like, like... Not tense like, oh shit, he's walking down a hallway and, mm-hmm. and he's walking really slow and the music is getting louder and they're zooming in and it's super dark. I kind of see shadow. It's not that at all. Yeah, not really. It's more like... Or, or where the monster gonna come from? Yeah, they really, they really just played on the whole like gimmick of you make even like the slightest decibel of noise, and you know this thing's gonna come and like chop your head off, and it really doesn't work out like that. So, yeah, I, I do get that. Like I said, it was like my number fifteen or fourteen or something gotcha. like that. So, my number fifteen. So, uh, yeah, I definitely thought there were better films, but very innovative movie, and I think John Krasinski did a good job it was his directorial debut too so imagine if this was like his fifth movie and he had more experience like i think it would have been a way better film oh, it was good like i said yeah. it just wasn't scary yeah and i think that knowing how to make a film scary just comes with experience That's yeah what i'm saying so 
Uh, okay, awesome. Mine was another very innovative film. Uh, this one actually was pretty popular in the in the horror circles, even though it was kind of like a gory modern RoboCop kind of deal. Uh, my number nine is Upgrade. Now, I kind of wanted to put this movie a little bit higher, but then I thought about it and I was like, you know, it, this was a really good film and I understand how it has a lot of horror elements because this guy uh, basically is like almost a cyborg and he's just going around and like involuntarily kicking people's heads off and blood's flying everywhere and you know and but at the same time he can't really control it and there's this, just this robotic voice inside his head it's like an ai it's an awesome film you know uh and there, there's a lot of action there's a lot of gory action but yeah not a lot of horror elements like predator basically uh kind of sort of like i said almost more like robocop gotcha you know? yeah so uh but I thought it was good just yeah not really a ton of actual horror elements uh but the the synthy kind of 80s soundtrack which is a very common theme in 2018 uh was really well perceived and i really liked it and i actually did go to the theater to see this and it was an awesome movie like theater experience so yeah that's my number nine moving on number eight so for number eight i put ghost stories because I just really enjoyed the shit out of this film. Don't get me wrong. I had Pie Wacket at number 12, and I really liked Pie Wacket. Mm-hmm. But this one was like a lot deeper than Pie Wacket. Pie Wacket was just little teenage bitch. Oh, I don't like my mama. I'm going to make a demon kill her or whatever the fuck she did. Yeah. And this one, it was it was this guy who doesn't believe in ghosts. And spoiler alert, he's been dead the whole time or something. <laughs> you know, like Yeah, something like that. Some Sixth Sense type shit or something. That's what I like, the twist that I didn't explain when, like, reality started ripping apart in front of his own eyes. Yeah, I didn't expect that at all. I didn't. That's why it was so good. And it was actually scary, too. Like, Mm -hmm. there's two parts that really scared me. I remember jumping twice. Yeah. I had a couple good jump scares. But, like, the whole time you would never figure out, like, what the fuck is going to happen. Because you think this guy's just, you know, he's an atheist. He's, like, not going to get to believe in this shit. And he doesn't give a fuck. He's not going to find any evidence. So when someone's like, oh, yeah, you want some evidence? And they're like tell him what to do he finds out that he's dead and it's just like i don't know i felt, I felt like it was like pretty hardcore man like, yeah. and and honestly i thought the best anthology film of the year because yeah. this was an anthology film technically and uh i felt like all the segments were actually had three segments and then like a wraparound story i thought all the segments were honestly like real pretty good you know the first one with uh I th- weren't, weren't they in like um it wasn't a prison but it was some kind of like facility or something and I was gonna that say was maybe, a paranormal one maybe they were at the loony bin yeah it was something like that but th- that was the paranormal one um yeah i thought all the segments were actually pretty good so i i agree with that yeah that's that that's pretty much it for me like i mean the i, I was expecting a paranormal movie and i got a psychological movie that's why i i was like whoa like <laughs> yeah i mean every story pretty much had those paranormal elements but it was really more of kind of an exploration of just like this guy. Yeah. You know, you don't even find it out until like the last fucking 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Oh, all of this wasn't for nothing. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, a lot of it was kind of connected though. It was just played on like his, his disbelief. That was like the big theme, you know, faith, I guess, stuff like that. So yeah, I thought it was a good movie. Totally deserving of a number eight spot. Mine, if you can believe it was incident in a ghost land or ghost land. Oh shit! Yeah, 
Uh, so, you know, we just watched it uh, the other week or over the weekend. One of the two or I think last I week. I think Saturday or... Something like that, yeah. Saturday, I think. And uh, we were both just like kind of freaking out the entire time because yeah, it was a crazy movie. Fucking conf- I don't want to spoil it because like... Yeah. This one was kind of more low-key. I don't know if a lot of people... Uh, actually watched it but yeah they should yeah uh, so it was directed by pascal logier I'm, i don't know how this actually say his name but he he was the he was one of the guys who did martyrs the original french martyrs oh for real yes no wonder this was like yeah <laughs> this movie was fucked up and actually the like kind of the basic basic premise was kind of the same uh, concerning these two sisters who at a young age uh, just are victims of this really, really terrible uh, abuse. There's this really shitty situation that happens. It just went from home invasion to sexual assault mm-hmm. to imprisonment. Yeah. And, to and exploring the psyche of a nine-year-old girl. Basically. Who can literally push herself out of reality so she doesn't have to fathom the pain that comes with it Mm -hmm. that's what it's all about basically i don't want to essentially yeah but there are a lot of actually really tense moments in this film i actually liked the uh antagonist quite a bit like the two killers or whatever dude they were creepy as shit yeah Uh, especially right at the beginning like when when, like they were getting like one of them was getting dragged away and like the dude was just flipping her off yeah that was kind of fucked up but yeah honestly the movie had a lot of like really dark like adult themes and I was kind of expecting it, but at the same time, I was really not expecting any of this. I thought it was going to be a paranormal movie. Yeah. No, but it was it was super violent. Um, it dealt in like really heavy subject matter, you know, sexual abuse uh, in children, essentially. But I thought that it portrayed those themes pretty well. Oh, yeah. You know, because there are a lot of heroic moments in this movie, as well as very tense, disturbing ones. Um, and the way that the movie was constructed, like the way it bounced back between different narratives, uh, was in my opinion done really well in like the grand scheme of the movie. Like once you finish the movie, you're like, okay, I understood why this happened here. And Oh yeah. It was like really well thought out. Yeah. Honestly, I'm going to give it up cause this was my number two. So okay. I don't want to talk about it again and explain myself. Cause well, like- we, we, we can get, uh, you know, we're going to have movies that are on each other's list. So I think it's fair. Like I can tell you why I thought it was good, and then once it comes to you, you can say why it was your like number two. You know why you thought it was. I got you. Really good. So, um, but that was my number eight, just because everything past this, I just thought had way more of an impact on me, and uh, you know was was a little bit better. Maybe I'm a little biased, but um, but yeah. So that's my number eight. All right, number seven. All right, so my number seven was Apostle. Okay. And I'm gonna keep this one short and sweet. Apostle's fucking brutal. It's it keeps your eyes glued to the fucking TV. That's for sure. You're not gonna be texting or fucking. You're not eating. That's for fucking sure during this fucking movie. You better get all that shit out the fucking way before you watch this shit. And like, I I like the score in that film. Like I don't. It, it wasn't anything like special, but like it just added to like the fucking to how fucking tense and like. You just felt uneasy watching this movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you saw really, like, the depths of, like, human fucking savagery and how, like, hey, cults like this could fucking exist, bro. You never know how crazy people can, like, pervert a thought process and, like, a system of thought and just use it to just do terrible, terrible shit. But this was one of those, like, 
hey, my so-and-so is being held, you know, captive and I'm going to go get him by pretending to be one of... It's like some Avatar shit, you know, so... Yeah. Uh, it's at number seven for me because, like, I, I felt like the script at times was, like, kind of meh, you know, but yeah. I felt like if the script was better and, like, if the pacing was, like, a little better, too, that I would like this movie a lot more. Yeah. That That's the two things, like, the script and the pacing were just... Uh, but the violence and, like, how it unfolds, that's what I really liked about this movie. Like, yeah. so that's why I was at my number seven. And I liked it a lot better than Ghost Stories because, mm -hmm. like, if you got bloodlust, this, this, you'll, you'll be good. You'll be good after this. So just watch this movie if you're, like, really angry. Oh, yeah. Apostle, yeah. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, honestly, it was really cool. And um, the actual twist in the movie, I, I was, again, I was not expecting the twist. But yeah, I agree. It kind of dragged in like a lot of spots. Yeah. So um, there were times where I kind of wish that it would just move away from Dan Stevens's face and just yeah. like do something else, <laughs> you know? Like, I don't want to give it up because like a lot of people still haven't watched it, even though it's on Netflix. Like, oh, I'll get to it. Yeah. But your eyes will be glued. You shouldn't look away. But at times you're like, well, uh, come on. Yeah. Come on come on and then it and then it comes on and you're like oh fuck all right uh not so quickly like <laughs> yeah that's how i felt at times like well the thing is too i mean actually the movie was over two hours long yeah so it was two hours and ten minutes long so yeah didn't feel as long as Suspiria though no that's true i mean there was still like a little bit more going on in, in apostle but we'll get to that my number seven is a movie that i feel like definitely flew under the radar but we actually did discuss this movie. I think actually in one of our uh, trailer segments, it's uh, Possum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I watched this movie. and Damn, it's really at your number fucking seven? Yep. I was uh, thoroughly disturbed by this film. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that bad? It's just, it's not even that it was that bad. It had more like just uns really unsettling vibes. Oh, shit. The okay, yeah. Ooh, atmospheric movies. You know me. It was very atmospheric. It, I wouldn't even say it was like artsy or art house or anything like that. No, it kind of was because it, there was, you know, there were a lot of like metaphors and stuff like that in this film. And it was very bleak and the cinematography was, was good, but it was like odd at times, you know. But just the story itself is very odd. So Sean Harris plays this guy named Philip who is a disgraced puppeteer. And once you see his puppet, you'll completely understand why. But it's just like a fucking Okay, so let me let me describe it to you, okay? Basically, he has this puppet that has the body of an arachnid and it's got these really really long like spider legs. That would explain the fucking poster. Yeah, and they're like hairy and everything. Like it looks almost like it's like from a real giant spider. But it doesn't have a spider head. It has the head of a plain-faced, like, doll. And it's just mouth is gaping open and it's just staring blankly. It's incredibly disturbing. Especially because, like, for, like, the first half hour or maybe more of the movie, the way that they frame and, like, shoot the puppet when it's on screen, because it almost seems like it has a mind of its own, uh, it doesn't show, like, the whole thing. It just, like, slowly reveals it and then once you actually see the puppet you're like holy shit i'm not going to be able to sleep tonight because i'm going to see that thing in the corner of my room and i'm going to want to kill myself uh i know i gotta see it yeah so it, it is slow at times and it is kind of confusing because the plot doesn't really become immediate 
you just kind of learn that he's trying to destroy this thing for some reason. Oh. And it seems to kind of like move around on its own and have a mind of its own. So that's kind of the story. There is another plot line too, which is kind of present, but it almost feels like just totally secondary. So some of that, those kind of elements are a little iffy, but just the the vibe alone and how creepy this thing is and Sean Harris's performance, that's what made it number seven for me. Uh, yeah, that's possum. Number six. So my number six is a Netflix movie called May the Devil Take You. Now, I was waiting for a, like a really good demon movie to come along. Like mm-hmm. like Evil Dead-ish, like Drag Me to Hell-ish, even Insidious-ish. And this shit fucking delivered because like the demons were like up front in your face from the beginning. You have mm-hmm. to wait about five minutes before you see the first demon <laughs> creeping behind a fucking curtain at the hospital. Yeah. This movie was intense. It was fucking off the fucking rails. Like, it was not a subtle horror movie. Uh, it didn't take itself seriously, mm-hmm. but it was a serious movie. And it had a really Sam Raimi-esque ending, like, Drag Me to Hell-ish. Yeah. But with evil... The whole movie had, like, Evil Dead vibes, but, like... Yeah took place at nighttime it was raining and there's just a lot of shit going on and basically you know people turn to this demon you know after like they get thrown up on or whatever the fuck happens yeah so the whole dead eye conversion thing is similar between like evil dead and this movie yeah it, it was heavily influenced by just sam raimi horror movies kind of in general oh yeah you can tell and i like that there was like a lot of like <laughs> cringy moments like the breaking of the fingernails like the throwing up the blood like you see the hammers going into the heads of people and like it was suspenseful too but uh the secondary character like fucking dies like close to the end you know Mm -hmm. that's what kind of like meh what what really didn't make this movie number one for me was like i felt it, it was like it was scary it was suspenseful it had suspense but the thing that this movie was really missing was atmosphere I, d- I didn't feel like unease like the setting didn't bother me because like the camera work was so good in this movie and like it just looked like they were just recording something like oh this is happening you know yeah. like it wasn't really like a dark dark film it, it got when they went outside and like her mom was like running on all fours <laughs> through like the forest or whatever that that part maybe the basement part but like I felt like they needed more atmosphere in combination with like the suspense elements yeah. and hey fuck it even more jump scares because this is one of those movies that it's not a fucking genius horror movie it's a fun horror movie so i felt like we need a little bit more jump scares we need a little bit more atmospheric moments to help build the suspense better so that's that's totally fair i'm going to talk about this a little bit more because it is actually um a further pick for me oh shit so yep i'm going to talk about my number six my number six horror film of 2018 is mandy Oh, shit. Yeah. So Mandy was one of the biggest horror movie stories of 2018. I think as many of us horror fans know, uh, the new Nicolas Cage film directed by Panos Cosmatos was just a complete trip. You know, you feel like even if you don't take acid while you're watching this movie, you kind of feel like you're on acid. Damn. Yeah. And uh, it, it was it was crazy. And it stars Nick Cage as this kind of regular everyday man in 1983 whose uh, partner, Mandy, uh, portrayed by Andrea Riseborough, 
was taken by this like weird hippie cult. <laughs> um, but the thing about this weird hippie cult though, is that they summon like actual demons to come steal Mandy. And then Nicolas Cage on an acid fueled revenge trip. <laughs> I thought he took ayahuasca or something. I, I don't, it was some like weird, like LSD substance or something that these demons make. They're like demon bikers. It was, it was absolutely nuts. And he just goes and slaughters a ton of people and demons and tries to get his girl back. So it's a really simple premise, but the way this movie is shot, the soundtrack, all the really trippy like landscape imagery and everything, and Nick Cage's performance. He always performed good, man. Fuck dude. that guy. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, th- this movie and like Mom and Dad also I was just thinking year. about Mom and Dad. Yeah, he's, he's really stepping up his uh, horror game for sure. But... uh all those elements for me make this a really good film. Um, and that's what puts it at number six. So let's move on to number five. Number five for me was David Gordon Green's Halloween. I thought it would be top three, but after watching a few more movies and analyzing my final thoughts upon this, this I watched Halloween four or five times so far. It does get better with each time, but I'm just basing this review off my initial thought because I feel now that I've watched it too much. I've become accustomed to it, so like it's kind of like yeah, it's kind of like obscuring my vision. So like I'm just gonna say this is number five because I loved seeing Michael again. Fucking James Jude Courtney was like the perfect fucking Michael Myers. Him and Nick Castle are like the only ones who actually did it right. Chris Duran did it right too in H2O. Like he had the movements down and everything. But uh, what else? Uh, I I like the acting in this. Uh, one thing I did not like, I've mentioned throughout the year, the pacing was seemed kind of off like right off the, off the bat we get a little bit of credits then to the mental hospital then we get the credits again because first they're like oh so and so presents and then they're at the mental hospital and then say something michael say something and then dun 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 uh, i felt like they humanized michael too much he didn't have like the same questions that were that people were asking about him in the first one is he paranormal is he this is he that how'd he get in how'd he do this how'd he do that this kind of shows us he just kind of walks right up to your house, yeah. goes inside. Uh, they didn't show how he got into that babysitter's, the place she was babysitting. But yeah. he, So he had some like mystery to him, I guess. But like every time he got like hit with something, like it took a lot out of him. And that's what I didn't like. They they made Michael Myers like just your average run of the mill, like mental patient who escaped and is has like really above average strength and like a pain threshold so yeah well what did you think about the uh the atmosphere and the kills uh atmosphere was disturbing at times like at the mental hospital uh i like the scene where loomis was talking about uh <laughs> exterminating michael and having them poison him and put him to death mm-hmm. uh, i like i love the score to this movie cinematography was done like really well made michael look like a lot more big physically and mm-hmm. you know like than he was in the film and uh i thought the kills were dope my my favorite kill has to be the window scene where he snuck up on that lady he grabbed her ponytail bounced her face off the windowsill and then stuck a knife through her neck so Mm -hmm. it was a michael kill it wasn't like when he stomped the doctor that was like super jason-esque you know so i was just like "Eh." and the fact that when the doctor like fucking put michael's mask on and started dancing and stabbing the fucking sheriff and i was like oh boy yeah but no i agree i mean it is michael myers and there were a lot of good elements this movie but uh just take a guess at where this movie ranks 
on mine out of the 48 that I've seen. Uh, 18. So David Gordon Green's Halloween for me is number 25. Oh, yeah. gotcha. I, I do agree with a lot of the points that you were saying, but this movie kind of made me wonder if over-polished slasher movies just take away from what a slasher movie is supposed to be. I think so. You know, because this was a huge budget film. It was so hyped up. And I just thought that... It didn't live up to the hype. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that part of that reason is because it was a little too over-polished. You know, yep. that grittiness is what... We, not, not that I'm saying, like, you have to film on film or anything like that. But, like, look at Hatchet, you know. That's a modern horror film. But... Uh, a modern slasher movie, rather. But I thought it was done well. Halloween, I thought, was a little too nice around the edges. And couple that with the fact that, you know, it, it included a lot of these just, like, really questionable scenes. Like, the little kid and all these really stupid characters, like, at the high school dance or whatever the yeah, fuck that was. Stupid. There were just all these scenes and all these characters that I was just like, did this really have to be in the movie? Like, couldn't this have been something else? Yeah, it just felt like too like big budget for me. Yeah. Like it just felt like like a teeny bopper movie. Kind of, yeah. It it didn't capture that same essence as like even the original like four or five movies did for me. Yeah, for ha- Halloween 1 and Halloween 2 I still like better than this film. Yeah. Halloween 1, 2 and 4 I would say I like better than this. Mm. But I like this one better than like 5, 6, H2O, Resurrection. I, I do like the Rob Zombie one, I would say, a little bit better than this one. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I rewatched it. Not as bad as I originally like thought about it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so for mine, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on because it is May the Devil Take You. Oh, there you go. Yep. So initially, I had this movie at number two. And I actually thought about it a little bit more and... You know, I love The Evil Dead, and this movie is very clearly inspired by The Evil Dead, which I really liked. And I actually thought this movie had a lot of great elements. You know, the actual uh, monsters were quite terrifying, you know, as evident by the, the first scene with the mom. Yeah. Where she, like, fucking, climb, you know, climbs up the, the wall or whatever. In the and corner then, of the fucking room. Yeah, out in the, uh, out in the, in the woods and... There are a number of scenes where, you know, it's really genuinely pretty frightening, but I don't think that the movie really differentiated itself enough, you know. Um, it had a lot of very, like, clearly, you know, influenced scenes and not really the characters and stuff so much because at its core, this was kind of like a family or revolved around a family, like one of those horror movies, which was also a big theme this year. But yeah, I, I just don't think that it really was different enough. Um, but cinematography, everything that you said about it, I pretty much agree with. But at times I thought the writing could have been tightened up a little bit. And I think I just needed to find its own identity a little bit more. I think so too. It seemed like way more like, like, like an evil dead love letter than anything yeah. else. Yeah, It was way too similar. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think that that is kind of a negative, but... At the same time, though, really, I think, cemented the director, Timo Tajanto, uh, as, as an up-and-coming, big-time horror director for me. Because I thought he still did a great job. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. this is number five out of my whole list. So, uh, But yeah, that's May the Devil Take You. Uh, next up, number four. Number four for me was Hereditary. According to my list, uh, this is my favorite paranormal movie of the year. 
because uh, it revolves like it. It's like I feel like this is what horror, like paranormal, like demonic movies should be, focused around like a family haunting, like The Conjuring, mm-hmm. like Insidious, Paranormal Activity. Like to me, like this isn't like to me. This is like the same universe as that type of stuff. Like it, it, yeah. it has the same kind of feels. Uh, then there's like the fun movies, like Don't Knock Twice and Lights Out, that focus on more of like and, and Drag Me to Hell that mm-hmm. focus on like more of an entity that's like like it, you're in like immediate danger like it's not trying to haunt you it's just coming for that ass but yeah. this one was just like this one was like psychological a lot too i liked when the little sister's head flew off uh and then like the stuff the kid was going through knowing that he killed his little sister not purposely obviously mm-hmm. and then like the family problems and tony collette was really good her husband, though, seemed like the only one to like not be like overacting. Like he was the only one that didn't overact. Yeah. Uh, what's her, the son's name? Peter. Yep. He fucking did too much. <laughs> shit. Everyone at the theater was laughing and shit. He was crying like hardcore. Uh, yeah. But I just uh, I liked the fucking dude. As soon as we got to the ending, though, that shit got intense. It started getting intense when Peter started headbutting his fucking face off his desk at school. That's when mm-hmm. shit hit the fan, and then. Oh my god! Then her husband got set on fire after she after he threw that book away and yeah, dude, there were a that's, ton of that's like that's when it, dude, but the crawling across the fucking across the wall and then like the head slamming into the fucking thing and then mm-hmm. she was sawing her own neck with the fucking yeah, that shit was crazy. That was worth the wait though. Yeah, dude, and there were a lot of awesome just theater moments where I was just going like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I will I will uh, give my thoughts more on this film soon. Do you have anything else that you want to add to it while I was number four? Uh, good atmosphere, good cinematography, uh, great acting, except from Peter. Uh, <laughs> and uh, also... Yeah. <laughs> All right, so my number four was The New Suspiria. Oh, nice. Yep. Directed by Luca Guadagnino, I believe an Italian guy. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, this... Very, very loose reimagining of Dario Argento's 70s masterpiece, Suspiria, came out this year and it didn't have a wide release. We we had to go to one specific theater to watch it. And uh, I know you mentioned before that it was, it was long and I do agree. I thought it was uh, very long, especially in comparison to the original. The original was not that long. I mean, I wouldn't care if it was like, like I said, if I was at the house, because I could go piss. Yeah. But you couldn't go piss if, like, if you, dude, if you were, if you drank anything at the theater, you could not go fucking piss. You'd, yeah. you'd miss a lot of shit. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's fair. Yeah. For me, I, I didn't have to piss that much. Uh, a little bit. But. That's because you're, you're a fucking reptile, man. I am. <laughs> but uh, I, I did not. I got to pretty much enjoy this movie at the fullest. And this movie was just hands down fucking insane. Like I said, a pretty loose reimagining of the original film. This movie packs an absolute shit ton into it. It's got a side story about Nazis. It's got a main story about witches. It's got uh, another side story about a romance between a Nazi survivor and a doctor in the, the, you know, nazi era and it's got all this uh all of these themes about power about motherhood it's got this backdrop about the um the Beider meinhof gang dude there's 
there's a lot in this movie and i i still think about it sometimes and i think about certain things like what they mean and stuff we gotta re is it out on blu-ray yet i think so maybe i have to check me i think yeah i think it is actually um i do have I ha- to watch it i have to rewatch it yeah. yeah like at home just yeah with, chill. A, with no distractions like my bladder about to start bleeding from mm-hmm. holding my piss in too much exactly yeah but it was number four for me i thought looking back at it it was a phenomenal movie still kind of a little iffy about dakota johnson's performance sometimes but tilda swinton phenomenal angela winkler as miss tanner very good and you know a lot of i think most of the performances were great and it was just a fucking disturbing movie because at times like i didn't really know what was going on the dancing scene was the best it was the first (laughs) yeah I mean, honestly, like a lot of those scenes were like really brutal. Oh, yeah. Um, but but they were kind of also subtle at the time. You know, most of the film was just about this like weird, almost like metaphysical relationship between Dakota Johnson's character, Susie Banyan, and the, the headmistress, Madame Blanc, you know, and it was Susie just kind of slowly edging into the witch world, which really wasn't a... a that much of a plot line in the original film you know she was more going against the the entire coven or whatever yeah kind of you know unbeknownst well, to her for most of the movie well because they didn't they were operating things improperly yeah you saw what that one bitch did she killed her her favorite you know madam like yeah and then the real what was her name madam uh, reincarnation yeah helena yeah Marcos or whatever was supposed to be like the the head one. are you talking about in the new movie yeah 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 well i don't want to spoil it in case no no one's watched it yet exactly but yeah no i know what you mean that whole end scene was was fucking crazy yeah that was probably like the weirdest thing i've seen in 2018 i was so confused though same but it was super bloody like ultra violent and i thought it was awesome <laughs> at the same time you know but yeah, there were a lot of questions that remained to be answered, you know, I felt like in this movie, but it, it it was intentional. I mean, this movie was definitely made to make you think. That's why there were like all these, this just this like web of characters and different themes and, you know, hidden meanings and stuff like that. But, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, I really enjoyed it. I thought the cinematography, the, the bleak colors and everything, you know, really added to the story like a lot and yeah i like this movie so it was number four for me nice all right number three we're getting close top three all right number three with the bronze medal for me is Bloodfest, aka cabin in the woods done a little bit better you think so i think so yeah all right cabin in the woods was too like preachy to me yeah maybe it was preachy yeah but they're they are very similar movies so why, why did you uh why did you like Bloodfest so much Bloodfest is great because, first of all, you don't expect, like, I, I didn't expect a horror comedy or a comedy, or a horror with comedy elements, mm-hmm. at least. I thought it was going to be like a completely serious movie that was just like, oh, these people are going to this, to this uh, festival where people, you know, celebrate horror, just like Hellfest and American Fright Fest. Thought they were like, hey, you know, let's go check this out. And then mm-hmm. people are just going to get killed by like one real killer, but no like we had zombies and shit we had vampires that were like injected with like adrenaline we had russians you know we had (laughs) yeah i mean hey they are scary 
They are. Yeah. But uh, it also had like some really dope kills. I I like the fucking the the ar the arborist was it? Yeah, yeah. The arborist was pretty fucking dope. Uh, this movie was like this movie talked about a lot of like. Uh, this was more like scream, you know, like yeah, it was very meta. Yeah, it was like yeah. oh, blame movies for like the, mm -hmm. the horrors of people instead of blaming people for being fucked up people. Yeah, it it had like the same general message, like, like basically like, I don't want to the dad was like our our mortal enemy, like <laughs> yeah, kind of like the the people that we love, you know, holding us back basically from from liking things that we like and living our dreams and stuff like that yeah and it had to do a lot with the horror genre too i think because mm -hmm. like the the finger gets pointed at a lot of like horror movies when like someone gets butchered or like serial killers get created even though like you know it's not their fault like if you got a sociopath he's gonna kill eventually you yeah know? Like, he doesn't need to watch like science of the lambs to go and kill someone you no know? he doesn't maybe he'll be like oh yeah you know i kind of want to eat someone's brains too but yeah, I don't think that's gonna cause him to go and just murder somebody. Yeah, no, this uh, this movie wasn't too preachy, and it was fun as shit. I liked all the kills. All the kills were like really intense. Uh, I don't remember a lot of practical effects. I mean, I mean, a lot of CGI. I remember, yeah. I remember mostly practical effects, and like they were done really fucking well. I agree. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like a poorly made movie at all. I thought it was gonna be like super low budget, but mm -hmm. the acting was great. I liked the cinematography. It was like. It had more like comedy movie cinematography though, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't really too suspenseful. At times it would be suspenseful, you get a few jump scares here and there. Yeah. But I think this was like the one of the more well put together movies of like 2018. Like Halloween seemed like it was just slapped together. Yes, this is a lot better than Halloween in my opinion. And this this definitely made it to my top three. It, it's probably, it is my favorite. Uh, no, no, it's not. It's, I take that back. It's not my favorite killer movie. Okay. All right, interesting. Of this year. Yeah, I did like this movie a lot too. Um, for me personally, while I really enjoyed it, I, I enjoyed all the callbacks. You know, this was another movie this year, another another trend, you know, where it harkened back to a lot of these like old slasher movies and like said them by name, you know, just a lot of references and little Easter eggs and stuff like that. But yeah. I thought it was maybe a little too overtly campy. Oh, I, I, I love that shit. <laughs> yeah. I just thought for me, just, I don't know, just slightly, but I think a lot of it was due to the main characters, Robbie K, Jacob Batalon and Seychelles. Oh, yeah, they, they, were, they pick people with like funny personalities and yeah. they just look goofy. So yeah. Uh, Robbie K is Dax kind of has a goofy looking face. Sorry, bud. I, th I think you're a good, a good actor and stuff, but kind of, you know, so that, that kind of just, that gave the movie like a whole different tone for me. And I, I do agree. It was fun. Um, but for me personally, just kind of had a little, a little too much of that, like over campy self, but self-aware, you oh, know, yeah. kind of, <laughs> kind of stuff. So I actually liked Cabin in the Woods a little bit more because it had some of those elements, but it was a little bit more serious. And so actually we're kind of opposite there. This movie was number 29 on my list for what it's worth. Nice. So anything else you want to say about a uh, blood fest? Not really besides go watch it. All right. You heard Samuel. So my number three movie of the year is Revenge. Oh, shit. I haven't seen that one. Honestly, dude, this was a really phenomenal movie. And uh, it did 
garner a little bit of criticism just because you know all the sensitive people were like oh another feminist movie yeah but anyway <laughs> i like this movie a lot it was uh directed by Coralie fargeet i hope i'm i don't know how to pronounce your name sorry but um the tagline of this movie is why do women always have to put up a fight which is actually what the one of the characters says but the movie concerns this uh, initially kind of bubbly ditzy really attractive woman who goes out with her french stud of a boyfriend to their like little remote uh villa out in the middle of fucking nowhere and his two scummy friends arrive a day early they're all supposed to go hunting and the main guy leaves and uh one of the other guys takes advantage of her and after that she runs away obviously scared nobody's really helping her out they chase her down and her boyfriend of all people pushes her off a cliff and she gets impaled what the fuck and somehow somehow she survives and she goes after them and that's basically the premise but this film was fucking awesome so for one thing the setting was phenomenal because it's just this like remote villa in i assume france or something but there's this whole like desert and it's just these three or four people technically. And she's looking after for these three guys. And for one thing, the movie is super gory. And I actually really like that a lot. How'd she survive with how injured was she? She is. So she basically got impaled on this tree branch that was jutting out like right here in her, like her midsection. And somehow she, she like, well, I don't want to give a like, ton away, but there actually is for me kind of a theory that there's kind of a more like either divine or supernatural element in this movie right because she essentially becomes reborn at least for me that's how i took it so yeah i mean the question of how she kind of survives is sort of a mystery but i think that it lends to the complexity of this movie in the face of like it's almost simple premise because you're kind of left wondering like wow like how did she survive that and she goes the entire movie fighting off these three armed hunters and you know somehow survive so it was written well because it illustrated a lot of those themes but it didn't push them so much in your face you know so honestly in my opinion like this yeah this kind of was a feminine a feminist movie but i don't think it like shoved it down your throat right you know it was more of a movie about this woman who was raped and gets her revenge very similar to like last house on the left and exactly i spit in your grave so kind of in that same vein but this is like really bloody ultra violent the cinematography is phenomenal there's a lot of these really like wide shots of like the desert and the all these valleys and stuff like that and the score was was very good too and the, the ending scene was awesome so um i thought this was a really great movie and that's why it's on my number three nice so number two number two for me was incident in a ghost land okay so i liked it a lot more than halloween bloodfest and hereditary because it took me on a fucking roller coaster i didn't know what the fuck was real you remember we were just sitting there like what the fuck is going on what is what maybe this mm-hmm. maybe that uh it kept you guessing uh i like the score the score was dope at mm-hmm. sometimes it was like hypnotic 
I liked and I didn't like how fucked up this movie was. Yeah. But shit like this happens. So I guess it's like one of those like, hey, be careful movies. Mm-hmm. You know, like don't leave your doors unlocked while you're bringing in groceries. <laughs> that was the moral of this movie. Yeah. Basically. Or, you know, family and unity and not, you know, escaping reality just because you're not, you know, strong enough to face it. Yeah. I liked that it was not a no hope movie. Yeah. I liked that everyone who everyone got what they deserved at the end of this fucking movie basically Mm -hmm. but you know what i think the thing is though at the end i think it still kind of leaves you wondering like what really happened you know because it almost seems clean and simple but when you think about everything that happened in the movie you're still kind of like okay that happened but did it really happen like is this really how it ends you know at least for me because she says like one line at the end of it and i don't want to spoil it but but uh but for the most part it is kind of a hopeful movie yeah i just like that everyone got what was coming to them Mm -hmm. uh it did fucking disturb me a lot like it stayed with me after i watched it like i thought about it for a while and i was just like god damn it you know yeah i uh i completely agree like i already talked about it for the most part but Number two for Samuel Incident in the Ghostland. All right. My number two was Hereditary. Nice. So this movie was number two for me because initially I wasn't sure about it because, you know, I thought that it was kind of a disjointed movie, you know, like the first like three quarters of the movie kind of felt like a much different film than the last quarter. Oh yeah. The last, the last, I want to say 11 to 13 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. The whole tone of the movie went like, yeah, completely 180, like 180, and then you went blind in one eye. That's how fucking. That's yeah. how that shit went. Like 50 to 500. Yeah. Basically. So that was basically my initial impression, and I was impressed by the movie itself. You know, for the most part. I mean, Ari Aster. Again, this was his debut. You know, like feature film, and this was quite possibly, maybe. Maybe not against number one, but maybe the best like directorial job this was your, in horror this year. This was your favorite paranormal movie this year, though, right? It was, technically. And yeah. it was mine, too, right? If I'm not... Yeah, it was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Except it was number four for me. Yeah. Either way, my favorite paranormal movie of the year. Yes, yeah. Um, and even though, like, a lot of the times it didn't really feel like that until, like, you got, you know, further into the movie, but still, like, even, you know... I loved the last bit of this film, but I still like over time I've come to really appreciate the rest of it as well. Like in conjunction with that last part, because you know, it really did kind of lead up to it almost really well. I just thought it kind of, there could have been a bit more, but still a phenomenal film. The, the acting very good. I think Tony Collette deserves an oscar or at least a nomination for this yeah because when she was flipping the fuck out she was flipping the fuck out yeah um and she saw it almost her whole fucking head off (laughs) yeah i I was gonna say that was fucked up that was the most that's what really stayed with me after this movie besides the kid getting decapitated was like her cutting her own fucking neck over and over and how the fuck did she get in that attic never mind (laughs) no I, i i i know it got real weird at the end it got real weird but phenomenal performance by her i was gonna say maybe my favorite female performance in a horror movie this year i might have to give it to matilda lutz from revenge possibly i'm not sure but tony collette was definitely a standout and let's be honest hereditary was 
the biggest story of 2018 in horror. Oh, yeah. That's, I don't think you can deny, deny that. Yeah, because Halloween was just like, hey, he's out. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was, the fuck? Basically. But Hereditary was, was absolutely nuts, the hype surrounding this movie and the reactions to this movie. I mean, because, you know, I remember, like, when it came out, super polarizing. And initially, I didn't like it as much as I do now. But after kind of gestating on it for a bit, you know, I definitely appreciate this movie a lot more because it was very disturbing. You know, even like the the parts that weren't in like the last thirty minutes were super disturbing. You know what made like made me realize I really liked it? Mm. A week after I watched it, I was like, "Damn, I want to watch it again!" Like already, yeah. like yeah. I just wanted to like catch all the little details more, you know, and just yeah. be able to like connect all the pieces more and stuff. You know, because I I, I you know, kind of felt like the whole Paimon story was not the the central focus and i feel like if they focus on it a little bit more it may have been a bit more of an interesting film but overall i thought it was amazing so that's my number two hereditary and i'm 99 percent sure we both have the same number one movie I believe let so. me guess can i guess is your summer of 84 it is okay because that's my number one as well <laughs> yeah now um Sure, maybe, maybe not a lot of people will agree with this as number one. This was the movie that we watched together. Well, then and I disagree with them. <laughs> yeah. Fuckers. We watched this movie together, so maybe there was a little bias on that end. But this was the one movie this year, I think, where we were both like, holy shit. Dude, it was the score. Cinematography. Mm-hmm. Those were like those were like 10 out of 10 for me, especially the score. That was ridiculous. Yeah. It was a coming-of-age movie. It was... It was a big mystery, and it kept you guessing. Like, there was... I guess what it was missing was, like, a... Well, the red herring was there, but everyone knew that that wasn't the guy. You know you know what I mean? Like, yeah. once he got apprehended, we knew, like, that's not him. Because, yeah. ironically, it happened after after something. You, you remember? It was like, we're going to find this guy. And they found him. It's like, well, that was almost too easy. Yeah. No, I, I do. Uh, the, the red herring was good. I mean, I, I'll just say that I thought this was the best written horror film. It of was. Year. It was. You know, it was. It, and it was a horror film, but at the same time, like you said, it was. It was this small town suburban kind of serial killer slasher movie, and that was the whole narrative. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because the craziest things happen up in the suburbs. Yeah, yeah. It it didn't really, it didn't really like uh, veer off into any like unnecessary subplots or anything i liked all the characters a lot really the only like kind of subplot even was the the romance i was gonna say his little girlfriend yeah between uh davy and was it nikki i think i think so yeah the whole kind of romance between them was kind of stuff but even then i was like kind of like all right kid you go get it you know Yeah, exactly (laughs) so so even that i thought was was really well written because that kind of did feel like something that you know could happen and that's what this whole movie kind of was. Um, and so I thought it was pretty realistic, but at the same time, it was super brutal. It was brutal. And it like, yeah. like I said, bro, the mystery mm-hmm. was like the best part of this. It kept yeah. you guessing the window scene with the, with the walkie talkie. That was good. That shit was hardcore. And, and like the shock value in this fucking movie. You don't mm-hmm. expect like the ending to go like the way it does with no. the fat kid. Not at all, dude. Oh, the ending man. was actually probably dude. my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. And it led up to it so perfectly. I still remember that fucking score, bro. Like, dude, the score. I, I need the score. I, I need to buy a vinyl player, <laughs> and I need to buy the vinyl. Are you, you going to buy a Blu-ray of Summer of 84? 
Oh yeah, I think it's already out, but I do actually. I bought it on um, Amazon Prime, I think. But shit, I would buy the Blu-ray again. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, I yeah, it was that good. Was I was it, like, I, I need to watch it again. Yeah, I just didn't. I got to watch it again too. I just I'm using your shutter, so it's like ah, oh, yeah. you know, like I really don't have like the need to buy it, but like I just want to buy it. No, I totally. I'm probably gonna get Hereditary too in all these movies. Yeah, yeah, Hereditary especially because I can't just watch that one. Yeah, last I time I, I had to buy it off fucking comcast so yeah it's not that widely available anymore although i think it might be coming to one of the streaming services that'd be possibly. cool yeah, well it's on amazon prime you can rent it yeah but uh yeah summer of 84 is right on shutter so i mean if you haven't seen it go watch it because dude that's honestly that's yeah. that's going down in my top 10 movies of all time damn yeah i mean the the tension was palpable you could cut through it you know with a knife sometimes and uh I just really loved the suspense in this movie as well. And I thought that the antagonist was written very well. I agree. You know, and honestly, I can even see how a lot of the writing is kind of basic almost, but at the same time, I don't feel like it is. Yeah. Occam's razor. The simplest solution is usually the best. Yeah. We saw that with this movie. I didn't know that this movie was going to be as good as it was. Yeah. Like I just saw like posters for it and like the fucking cover art looked super retro. Mm Mm-hmm. And it didn't fucking disappoint. Yeah. And I kind of, I almost, I didn't want to hate it, but I almost didn't really want to put it as my number one just because this year, I think one of the biggest trends was this, you know, like 80s love letter, you know, where yeah. a lot of movies are using like the, the synth kind of 80s uh, inspired soundtrack. Well, Halloween definitely did. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of movies are doing that. A lot of movies are shooting kind of, or, you know, editing, I guess, kind of grainy and, and all that just to kind of simulate that because everyone who's pretty much alive at this point and is a horror fan loves the 80s or at least you know understands their influence so but i thought it fit this movie absolutely perfectly just because it didn't it didn't really focus like too much on the whole 80s aspect you know it It was kind of there in the background but it was more of just this uh story of these young kids in the 80s who incidentally you know in this small town going up against who they think is a serial killer i can't wait to see like the sequels to this or the sequel to this because now it's 2018 what has happened since then you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like in this story like what has happened in this universe yeah since it's 2018 now like well i mean i I don't know they might just make it like a year later or something even possibly summer not summer of 85 doesn't sound as good no not at all Summer of '86, though that sounds more. That sounds pretty good. Two years later, he comes back. Summer That's two. Of, summer of '96 or something like that, maybe '94, maybe ten years later. Or summer of like '01. Ah, he comes back like 17 years later. Maybe when the kid's like fucking 32 years old and he's old ass man. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's a lot. There's a lot I think they could do with it, but the ending definitely left open ended. That's what I like. Yeah, I really wish that they don't just leave it off here, you know, because I do want to find out what happens. That this almost to me is like the new uh, Disturbia. No, no, I was gonna say this is almost the new like the the relationship between the main character and the killer is almost like the new Charlie and. Uh, the guy from fright night oh shit yeah yeah yeah. holy fuck yeah kind of at least to me like i think that their like dynamic is kind of yeah because it's kind of like you fucker i know it's you and then that guy's like does he know it's me nah he doesn't does he like you know like yeah exactly and that's one of my favorite horror movies of all time so i mean well fright night's the best oh yeah so 
yeah, we both have the same uh, number one. Maybe a little bit of like bias watching it together, but I thought it was still the, the best movie was, of the year. It was the best movie of the year. Yeah. I haven't seen a better movie. Show me one. Yeah. It, it was the one that I was like. Not even horror movie. This is the best movie this year. Yeah. And this was a surprise to us too because we didn't really hear that much or know that much about it. Yeah. And uh, it, it knocked it out of the park. This was just one of those we saw the poster. So we were like, hey, let's check this out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, don't don't forget one of the uh, I think it was one of the screenwriters or producers of this movie. Oh yeah, they replied to yeah, us replied on Twitter. To us, so like watching Summer of '84, like hope you love it. I know I do. Yeah, I I certainly did, and you did as well, Samuel. It's our yeah. number one horror film of 2018. Find it, buy it, mm-hmm. watch it. Yeah, if you have Shutter, it's worth five bucks. You really check is. it out. So if you don't have Shutter, buy VRV. Yeah, either way. Uh, so that's our top 10 lists. I do want to post my full list. I have, we both have a thing on Letterboxd. We could probably post the links if you're interested in checking out the whole list. You can do that. Um, we'll probably post it to our social media and our website. So you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, just search for Grave Discussions or Grave Disc SRD on Twitter. And you can check out our website at gravediscussions.net. <laughs> So that's going to do it. Uh, 2018 is officially over. And we'll see you all in 2019. We'll see you next year on Grave Discussions. This has been an SRD production.